This episode of Enough is brought to you by Squarespace, everything you need to create an amazing, beautiful, and totally awesome website. But Squarespace isn't just for bloggers, that's what we've been talking about a lot, but it's also a great tool for making portfolios or galleries. Squarespace has beautiful tools to create galleries with support for lightbox integration, hover effects, and image resizing. It lets you control the look of your images. You should go take a look at the example page on Squarespace's website, which you can access by going to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels, and you'll take a look at how some photographers and design companies are using this awesome feature of Squarespace. The examples are really cool, and they all look totally different. You'd have no idea that they were all Squarespace sites, and that's what makes this such an awesome and unique package. It really highlights the level of customization you have to make your site look like no other. I want you to go check this out and play around, and the best way to do that is by starting a two-week free trial. You can do that by going to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels. You don't need a credit card. There's no obligation at all. And if you do sign up, what you want to do is use the coupon code 70 decibels 5 at 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S-5 at checkout. You'll get 10% off and also Squarespace will know that you found them through this show. So thank you very much to Squarespace for sponsoring. Hey there, sir. How are you today? I am warm, Patrick. Warm. Um, I have done a rare thing and, and cracked a window open a little bit. Wow! Usually, I, I usually you're yelling at me about that. Yep, but it's it's a window that's far away, um, so I'm hoping that it doesn't pick up too much noise. It's like the, it's basically it's not the window that's right in front of my face that I would love to be getting a breeze from. It's mm. another one just to keep the air circulating a little bit in this room. Well, let's see. Give me the Celsius for, and uh, let's see if I can do my my uh, my magic trick again, where I convert uh, Celsius to Fahrenheit in my head, which is is a magic trick. So the fact that I even get close is is kind of a miracle. It's not even that hot here at the moment. I kind of feel embarrassed. It's only, oh, really? It's only 17 degrees, but what you need to understand... That's that, nothing. That, that's the outside temperature. I okay. have a very different temperature in this room, which has been collecting the heat, which is at a high of 24 today. With um, this, I'm in a very small room, mm. um, and I have an, a MacBook Air running, a Samsung 23-inch TV, a Mac Mini, and a mixer all sitting around me and it's generating a lot of heat yeah, i suppose okay. and i right. this room is the only room in my house that faces the sun yeah um so you're so you're not even really sure what temperature it is inside the it, room it while could you, be this is hot it could be a thousand degrees for all i know <laughs> nobody, nobody really knows at this point <laughs> yeah 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 you british people don't deal well with heat but i i should talk right because I'm one of those people where the temperature gets above 70, and I and I start to sweat. I, seriously, I'm, I, I spend most of the time between May and uh, late September dripping wet, just wet all the time. I'm wet. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I'm sure that people did not tune in to hear us discuss the weather. Probably not. Although I seem to be talking about it a lot at the moment because we're having well, a bit of a heat wave. I'm, well, and I'm sure that this this conversation is highly interesting to Benjamin Brooks, uh, who the weatherman uh, I refer who to, who is obsessed with the weather. But you know, which which is which is really funny considering he lives in a city where the weather pretty much doesn't change. Just rains. Uh, it just it's just yeah yeah. What's the forecast? Rain. Okay, and tomorrow rain. 
All right. And the day after, rain. Any deviation in temperature? Yeah. Five degrees in rain. Different Either different way. temperature of rain. Either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. All right. So, the, before the show, you mentioned you, you, you wanted to talk about something. Yeah. Um, so, recently, from, for reasons I, I don't know, I started collecting things. Um, and I'm having the urge to collect more stuff. Hmm. So, um, this has come in part. Um, I have spoken on a couple of episodes ago about my love for a particular pen called the Retro 51. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the Tornado version of the Retro 51, I'm, I'm, this will be very short, non-pen people. Um, they have they, they make many different exciting models and they have a new range coming out and they look very cool to me and I want to start buying some and collecting them because, you know, every, periodically they bring out new designs. So I want to start collecting those. Um, and today as well, before we started recording, I went to a comic book store, one of the mm. biggest comic book stores in, in London, called Forbidden Planet, which is incredible. Mm. I love it there. Yes, I've heard legend. It's a great place. Um, and because there are these um, there are these vinyl figures. I don't know where this has come from in my brain. I've been seeing a lot of people on my Twitter stream posting pictures of them. Um, I'm going to have to check the name of them now. They're called Mini Something. Hang on. Mini... I think they're something like this. Hang on. Mini... And they're, they're basically... They're fashioned... Uh, they're called Mini Mugs. M-U-G-G-S. And okay. they're vinyl figures. And this company makes vinyl figures of all sorts. Like they make Star Wars and, and all that sort of stuff. But I've been... Uh, starting to collect the Marvel ones, and I want to maybe get some DC ones as well, because I'm getting more into comic books again, especially hmm. since, um, since I got my iPad. Um, the, reading the comics in HD is, is awesome. Mm. And I've been doing a lot more of that. You want to talk of just a sidebar? Uh, what, what app are you liking for reading uh, comic books? In my opinion, there, if you are serious about comics on the iPad, there is only one app, and that's called Comixology, and that's with an X, C-O-M-I-X-O-L-O-G-Y. Okay. Comixology has signed deals with DC and Marvel. Um, mm. they, they put out DC and Marvel's comics, and they have loads of others. Like they have Dark Horse, um, ID something. Sorry, comic people. I'm, I'm trying to get back into the more indie stuff as well. Uh, they've got and, like, and, the Walking Dead comics and stuff like that. And can you get like uh, back issues of yeah, like, like things have, that were published, I don't know, maybe uh, 30 years ago? Yep, they have huge <laughs> catalogs, huge, huge catalogs um, of, of stuff. And also as well... Um, DC and Marvel have signed deals. Um, DC are already doing this, and Marvel will be doing it of all of their titles by the end of the summer. Is day-in-date publishing of new titles. Mm. So the day that a book is in the store, it's on the iPad. And also they've they've uh, pioneered a new format called CMX HD, which is retina-ready comic books. Um, mm. And all of the new titles are coming out in this, and they are incredible. Like I'd, I'd always enjoyed reading comics on my iPad, but they weren't perfect. Um, but now, to my eyes, I can't tell the difference. And wow. I mean, I love reading comics and I love having comics, but it's—I don't have—I have limited space. Otherwise, this room will be two thousand degrees if I start putting comics in here as well. <laughs> so at least I can just go through them on the iPad, and they're not that much more expensive because comics are pretty expensive. But I actually find them to be cheaper in trade paperback versions on the iPad. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I mean, in that particular case, I mean, the nice thing is is that you are not uh, gathering a whole bunch of paper that you, you know, the, the, you know, digital is relatively low impact and, you know, you can easily delete those things when you're done with them if you so choose. And uh, I would I would imagine there's some mechanism, you know, to, to re-download them in the future should you. Yep. Yeah, should you decide? So, I mean, that's that's the beauty of of uh, such things, right? I remember the the old days when I had floppies, floppies of floppies of, uh, and those. Uh, I know, Mike, you're too young to remember, but they they used to store um, uh, data on these little diskettes that. Uh, were about uh, they were square and uh, you would you'd stick them in a slot on the computer and they could hold a, a full meg. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, I'm I'm joking with you, of course. Cause I know what you know what floppy is, but uh, I used to. <laughs> I mean, I I I used to uh, take uh, all of like if I downloaded a program, uh, you know, from the internet, I would take it and, and copy it onto a floppy and store those floppies because. A lot of times you'd never know if you'd be able to go back a version or if you needed to reinstall, you didn't want to download it again because some things took a long time to download over a dial-up modem. Um, And that was your kind of archive of the program that you could then go reinstall. Um, And and I guess the same thing is with... uh, you know that's one of the beauties of the Mac App Store and and uh, the, the the iOS App Store, you know, and and some of these built-in things is the idea that if you you know if you purchased it, you can delete it and at any time in the future go back and re-download it. You know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and once again, that's another sidebar. Um, so th- um, to come back from the. Um inception level of sidebars that we got ourselves into yes. so basically i bought these um, action figures these vinyl action figures that are based on the new avengers characters like the movie avengers characters mm, mm. and they make a bunch of these and and like for example at the moment iron man for some reason is sold out everywhere so that i guess says a lot for that character the iron man mm-hmm. version cannot mm. find it anywhere and it's one of those things that's now going for like 90 to 100 dollars on ebay wow yeah as these things tend to do. Um, but So, yeah, I, I went and, and picked some of these up because I've been seeing a few people in my stream, some of the comics people um, in my Twitter stream have been um, posting images of these okay. um, recently. And so I've, for some reason, had a compulsion to want to start collecting them. Hmm. I don't really I don't really have a really reason for it, but I kind of wanted to talk to you today about collections and how that sits with I know it's this is a kind of a minefield in a way, but I want to know with you how it sits with the idea of minimalism in your uh, <clears throat> in your idea of that or whatever that might be, or even enough, I guess is yes, probably the yeah. better, better way in, of putting in, it. Yeah, yeah. And I I mean I guess I have to ask do these things bring you joy? Yeah, I I yes, I was happy to have purchased them. Yes, and you 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 see these things and they bring you joy. Um on some level, you know, they they the these mini mug things, you know, they they 
they incite a, a bit of, uh, I don't know, um, just joy, a bit of fun into your surroundings, right? And, uh, you know, I would imagine that uh, the the tornadoes, I mean, there's an example of of something that's a tool, right? It's it's actually useful. You can write with it. Um, and as someone who himself uh, has been known to collect pens, I, I guess I guess I could still say that I'm a pen collector, even though I'm not nearly as you know. I went through my you know couple of year phase of of really being active, and you know, I oh that's a big I've, that's a big truck that one. Yeah, that, that was I'm, a big one. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I don't know what it is. There's not. What's interesting is that uh, normally, like, there is a window open or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's so loud today. Are you um, sitting on the street? No, oh. I don't have. I don't <laughs> even have a window open, and I see. I can tell. What's uh, um, happening? They, they're coming. Yeah, in. yeah. I'll, I'll have to check that for the next episode. I apologize to everyone who's listening. Um, and so, uh, so yeah. The uh, the the I guess what I'm trying to say is that I, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with a collection if it's providing some value to you, right? If it's useful or even value as far as injecting joy into your life, you know. But I think a lot of us will collect things for a period of time, and then the value or you know, that those were bringing at that one time, the value becomes a, 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 a sentimental attachment that even though it's not bringing value anymore because it once did, we don't want to get rid of these things or we tie, we tie a value to them in the current time that no longer exists. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I see that as we kind of need to know when to let go of them. Like, yeah, everything that I've I'm currently collecting, I want to know I can let go of. A, a big collection that I do have that I've just thought of is boxes for Apple products. Yeah, I think oh I gosh. I think I have the box of every Apple product I've ever owned. Yeah. Unless and the only time I've ever given them away is when I've given a compute I've given away my past two Mac minis to family members. So obviously I put it in the box to give to them. Right. Because it just makes most sense for transportation. But I yes. even have my the box to my iPod mini. I have that box. Well, and I think that yeah I often tell my clients to you want to keep the box for as long as the warranty period. Um you know that you know if your if the product comes with a one year warranty, keep the box because if you do have to ship and the packing materials within the box because if you do have to say send it back to the company, the box is the best container to do that. Right, but you're just being sensible here. Like, I'm, yeah, I, I'm just keeping them because they're these beautiful items. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and, and I, I do that too. One thing I um. One thing I th- I'll probably address a little bit more in a future episode is that I think it's useful to um, mark a date on such things. 
um, or put them into some sort of system where you can it will pop back up, say, in a year. So if the goal is keep a box for as long as you own a product or keep a box for as long as the warranty lasts, what have you, um, then you're going to want to make sure that when that warranty ends – that you remember to go through and to, to, you know, clean out and throw away the box, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm as guilty as a, of it as anyone else. You know, I've got, you know, boxes from my original iPhone, my first iPhone, and things like that. That, you know, yeah, I still have mine. Well, and you know, I have no use for it, and I'm not gonna sell it or anything. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna toss the box, right? I really love like when because I have all my iPhone boxes. Unfortunately, I don't have the iPhones anymore, which is a, a sorry tale, especially with the original one. Um, but I like like you know when a new iPhone comes out, and when I go to put the box away, maybe sometimes I get all the boxes out and just look at how similar they are, and like it's re- I think it's really interesting just to look at the front panels. And, and what was on the Apple's idea of a home screen. And mm-hmm. if you look at the original one to the most recent, it's, it's, in, it's, in, it's a real visual like telling of a story to see mm-hmm. how the iPhone has developed. Like the first one, it had like just like three quarters of the screen was filled up with, with mm-hmm. on the, the, the springboard. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was just this really interesting thing. Like the, it um, aligned, I think, to the opposite side that we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a very interesting thing to see, like um, to see how it looks now. It's 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 really cool. I yeah. like it. Yeah, but to, you know, get back to the to you know, the point I was I was trying to make is this, and that is that collections are okay as long as they are providing some value to you, but do not mistake um, sentiment for value. Um, do not mistake um, the you know the fact that something once provided value as something that still provides value, um, and then there are those things that are in fact actually valuable, right? In which case, you know, those are investments, and you likely shouldn't be just keeping them around your house. Uh, you know, if you have your grandfather's stamp collection or, you know, my, I know when my, uh, you know, when my uh, wife's father um, passes, she will likely inherit a fairly rich uh, collection of uh, presidential campaign memorabilia, especially buttons, because um, that's something that he collects. And I know that some of those buttons are extremely valuable. Right, especially from the losers and some of the, and also some of the very hard to find ones. Um, that there's a certain market for those, and and that uh, certain collections like that cross many genres. Right, that's uh, of. Uh, do you, did you guys? Uh, I believe that Antiques Roadshow was actually the American version was a copy of the of a British television program. We, yeah, we've had the Antiques Roadshow for, for, for many, many, many like years. Like 20 years or something yeah, like for, that. Yeah, for right? as long as I can remember, the Antiques yeah. Roadshow has been on TV on a Sunday. Yes, and and so you know from watching Antiques Roadshow that there are certain items that cross many, many different types of, you know, collection interests, right? So, like, presidential buttons could be just as interesting to those who collect buttons in general as it could to those who collect um, 
uh, you know, presidential stuff in general uh, to those who specifically collect the presidential buttons uh, to those who uh, collect, uh, say, um, anything about Ronald Reagan. Right. I mean, yeah, that, that, that there is, you know, that, that it crosses many genres and because it does, it drives up the value because there's that much more interest. Right. Yeah. Well, when we get that, is that something we're going to take and, you know, put in a box and stick in our basement just to sit around and for us to kind of have to worry about or think about? I'm thinking likely not. I'm thinking likely what we will do is either A, you know, well, first we'll have it appraised and B, if it's of value and we think that that value will go up in the future, you know, we will put it in a safety deposit box, maybe pass it along to Beatrix when that time comes for us. Um, so, you know, that, that's one way of dealing with things. Here's, here's another way of at least uh, collecting things while releasing your your control over it. Um, I collect Buddhas. Uh, you know, little Buddha statues, big Buddha statues, uh, you know, pictures of, of Buddha, you know, uh, you know, little, you know, the skinny Buddhas of the, that are more typical of, say, you know, Indian and uh, Pakistani and South, South uh, Asian, uh, you know, culture to the fat Buddhas uh, uh, that are more typical of, say, um, you know, more, uh, you know, more e- northeastern uh, culture, all different shapes and sizes, uh, you know, but uh, representations of, of the Buddha. But here's my rule. I never buy them. They have to be given to me. Hmm. Uh, because that allows me to have, to, to release my you know, I, I've drawn a line in the, in the sand where I've set myself control. Does that make sense? Yep, I totally understand that. So you don't just buy every Buddha that you see, right? You, you've imposed a control on it, which kind of makes it cool in a way, mm-hmm. but also um, restricts what you're doing to yourself. Yes, and um, provides that much more value to each one that's that's given me because I can because everyone has a story. Right, and some of them are intensely um, uh, uh, personal to me. Um, uh, my friend Steve Coyle, who uh, I, I worked with, him, we we you know became sort of good friends. I became you know good friends with him and his and his kind of girlfriend, for lack of a better term. Uh, They had this weird relationship where they were boyfriend and girlfriend. When I knew them, they weren't, but they still very much kind of acted like it. And they went out on dates and stuff, even though they technically were not together. And it was just this weird situation. And and, uh, the last time I, I saw Steve, he just out of the blue gave me a Buddha. Just out of the blue. 
mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, no particular reason, just like, hey, I saw this man and it was really cool, and I and I know you collect these things, and I know you have you know this ruler they have to be given, so I wanted to give this to you. I'm like, oh wow, that's really neat. Thank you. I was really touched by it. It's a very nice Buddha too. And a couple of weeks later, he was uh, he was. Uh, Painting uh, in in his garage uh, with a space space heater on, not realizing that the space heater had a uh, carbon uh, monoxide uh, leak and uh, and died. Oh, I wasn't expecting the story to go that way, Pat. Well, sorry. Um, eventually, we all do um, for one reason or another, and uh, that was his. Um, but uh, that's. You know, that's my final memory of him. So that that Buddha means a great deal to me, right? It's a tremendous amount of of sentimental attachment uh, uh, that goes along with it. Um, And every time I see it, I think of him and a smile goes on my face. And and that brings value. That brings joy. And there's something to be said for that. So, So yes, collections can be a good thing then, is the answer to my question. If yeah. they're controlled, if if they're if they're controlled, but I think even more importantly, if if they have a, a value and meaning to you that is that is current and present, right? That that is, you know, I, like I said, I think far too often, you know, we hold on to that stamp collection that we, you know, had when we were kids, largely because. You know, even though we no longer actively collect stamps, have no real interest in it anymore, we hold on to it because of some sentimental attachment, but that it brings no value today. And with that, it's like, well, take those stamps down to an appraiser, see what they're worth, and who knows? They might bring value that you can use today by, I don't know, selling them and letting someone else who really does enjoy collecting stamps today enjoy them. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, because because that's the thing too, right? For for every for everything that we, you know, that we collect, that's you know one and that we collect and that we own and that we don't enjoy. That's one thing that's not finding purpose and value for somebody else, and very well could be. Totally. So, you know, I, I think that's my take from it. No, it's good. I'm I'm glad that we got to talk about it. Um, but before we do finish this episode, mm. we need to just let everybody know about what's about just to happen next. Oh yes, yes. There's this. Thanks. So um, we had a a listener, um, Ikaro Ferre. Did we decide that that was how we were going to pronounce his name? Ferre. Ferre. Yeah. Um, and he he did something like incredibly awesome. Um, and he took, cool. he took um, the basically he contacted contacted us about he, he creates music that's what he does he, he, that's his thing he he makes music and there'll be links in the show notes to where you can find his stuff which is really awesome I've listened to some of his tracks in the past mm-hmm. and um, he wanted to make a song out of the farmer episode um, and because it as I know it did with a lot of people it really resonated with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there's 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 some quotes in that which have become viral on, in a way on the internet. You know, a lot of, a lot of people talk about it mm-hmm. and love it. And as I did, like I think it spoke to to a lot of our listeners. Um, but what Ikaro did was 
he t- he contacted us. He asked if he could uh, if he could use our voices. Um, wanted permission, which is awesome that he did that and that appreciated that. And then I was able to share with him the garage band file, the master files that he was able to get things in as good quality as he could. Um, mm. And he made this incredible song out of it, mm-hmm. which we're going to play for you after we say goodbye on this episode. And I just want to just give him a massive shout out. You can download it for free from the page, and Pat will include the link in the show notes to that. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's really incredible. And you really should. It's awesome. At least just go give it a listen to it. It's a couple of minutes, and I've listened to it a bunch of times because I love it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's really yeah, good. It's, it's some, some Patrick Rohn wisdom in musical form. It's a real <laughs> cool, like, dancey sort of ga- uh, British garage track. I love it. I think it's really cool. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, definitely check it out. Well, you know, with, with that, we're going to leave people to the song, and we'll talk later. We will. Cheers. Cheers, mate. You've got, you've got to try. If you don't try, you'll be stuck.